Welcome to the Meditation Podcast. You can find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. We're also on BitChute and YouTube. You'll find the links in the podcast description. I'm also a podcasting coach because I've got four other podcasts. And you'll find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. Today, my guest, please welcome Blair Abbey. Thank you, Roy. Uh, happy to be here today. A little bit about myself. I can go into my story uh, in more depth. I've been meditating for and doing yoga for over 45 years. Started doing that in the San Francisco Bay Area after I um, came to the Bay Area uh, following college. And uh, my business primarily has been over that period of time, uh, business consulting. A couple of years ago, almost five years ago now, though I had a kind of traumatic experience with a job. And as a result of really being fired from a high level position uh, unjustly, did a deep dive into my meditation practice. And in the process of doing that, came up with some, some uh, I think, interesting ideas and concepts and so forth. Had a, an experience of soul contact and began taking my therapy uh, notes and turning them into books. Uh, so I'm an author, poet uh, on YouTube with a YouTube channel, Higher Consciousness with Blair Abey. I also continue doing my business coaching, and I, I consider myself a, a bit of a mystic, but just an ordinary mystic. You know, not, I'm not a guru of any sort, but I've had clear experiences of illumination and the kinds of things that our master teachers talked about when they talked about making contact with higher consciousness, with God, with whatever. And that's the basis from which I've done my books and I've, I continue to do the work that I do uh, on YouTube and, and other platforms. Excellent. Very interesting. So before we kind of touch into, because I'd like to delve into the experience you had with the work, because I know that can relate to some people because um, a lot of people, they witness kind of bullying in the workplace as well with bosses. But what I'd like to know is you said you're doing it like 45 years. How did you start? Yes. So I graduated from college. I moved to, to San Francisco chasing a girl. Actually, it was my friend who was chasing a girl, and I was just going along for the ride. He proposed. She accepted. They went back to North Carolina and left me in California, and it took me, uh, you know, I've been, I spent the rest of my life here. But I started at the Integral Yoga Institute in San Francisco, a fellow by the name of Sachidananda, who's known as the guru of some of the earlier concerts, you know, in the 60s, he was, he had places all over the world, and I started doing uh, yoga there, and I've continued, you know, for this whole 45-year uh, time period. Excellent. And just curious, because uh, it was just based on another guest on a different podcast that, that was talking about the uh, Falun Gong, because uh, it's kind of like the movement. Have you come across that? Have you tried that? A, a little bit. I've really done more Tai Chi than Falun Gong, although I've been exposed to Falun Gong in the process of doing Tai Chi. But that's a really beautiful, nice, moving meditation. And it's one way to get into that state of elevated awareness, if you will, uh, in, the, in, in the process of doing that. So I do that maybe two or three times a week as part of my you know, exercise and, and meditation routine. Excellent. So with the meditation, then, I mean, you've done the yoga, was there yoga and then later 
you moved into the meditation or did they kind of happen same time? Uh, same simultaneously, because at the end of the yoga practice, uh, at the end of the routine, there would be about a 15 or 20 minute me meditation. It was up in the attic of a big, oh, big old Victorian house in downtown San Francisco. And you had to walk up four flights just to get there to where the class was. And it was, it was always such a delight to go and just be in a nice, peaceful space with other people who had the same interest and a teacher who was uh, often uh, very, very well trained. Excellent, excellent. So I, I suppose because you mentioned about the, the the high position that you know that you were fired from, you yes. might kind of talk about that because I, I like sure. I I know a lot of people have experienced similar. I was I was in North Carolina for a while and doing the business consulting. Uh, that's where I'm from originally, and I was offered and I wanted to get back to the West Coast because my kids and grandchildren were on the West Coast. So I applied for a job down in San Diego, and it was an assistant uh, state director job there uh, in, the, in the group that operates nationwide, a business, um, small business development center. And I, um, the, the, the person who hired me, the director, said, you know, I really need some help. You know, we're kind of floundering. You've been very successful where you've been in senior management you know, I'd like to have you come out. And so I took this position. Well, it, it turned out she was a psychopath and abusing employees, mishandling money, running the program into the ground. And after a while, I just, you know, I just could not just keep staying without doing something about what was going on. And she had the smoke and mirrors game going on that where she has uh, had, um, he had, she had them really under enthralled about what they, she said she was doing. At the same time, she was a terrible leader and manager. So I, I did a whistleblower uh, and let the people above me know because the program was about to go down the tubes. And they did an investigation. As a result, fired her, but they fired me also, saying that I was a troublemaker for having done the whistleblowing. And that was devastating. I mean, I was my job. My ego was just, you know, huge about who I was and, what I was, and leadership and, you know, all this. So to, to have lost that as well as having lost my income was devastating. I managed to, you know, put piece some things together. But as a result, I really started into the, a deep dive with my meditation practice and started writing really th for therapy. And after about 100,000 words, realized that I had some material that was perhaps valuable to other people and people who had difficulties, had to reinvent themselves, had to go through a traumatic uh, situation to recover from that and to get themselves back on track. Um, five books have come out of that on the subject of meditation, mindfulness, manifestation, uh, I've got a new one coming out on health and wellness. And in the process, I, I had a, uh, a, began to have a really strong sense of my higher self or my higher consciousness, my soul contact and flowing actually into the computer as I would sit in the evening and as I would write, which was at first startling. D do you write? Have you written books and so forth? Well, so I haven't published, but yeah, I have. Yeah. The flow of it. Exactly. It, yeah. 
and it almost feels like spirits moving through you. And I would write sometimes and I'd go back and, and, and look at what I wrote and it, it would surprise me because I, I it was um, almost new to me in a way. Yeah, but it really, felt well, like, yeah. it really felt like spirit. And, and as a result of that, I've really had a direct ongoing experience with my higher self, which I call high C. And it's, um, it's just an ongoing daily uh, experience. And it really helped me to deal with this set of issues. But it also, I also developed a new meditation process in the, as all of this unfolded, that's intended really to get people themselves to have that same direct soul contact. Uh, and it's not so much the usual mindfulness practices that where people are so struggling with their minds and, and, and um, sort of an, uh, having real difficulty in their spiritual practice. This is intended to kind of bypass that and get you straight to, uh, to a spirit or illumination experience. Okay, so I suppose you, you might delve a bit further into that because it sounds very interesting. Well, it, it, it is the and it was really as a result of that interaction that I was having with my with my higher self that I, I began to develop this process for me and could see the, the value of it. It, it, it it's a, a process that begins with saying peace be still, which is one of the most powerful mindfulness sayings, I think, that have ever been uttered. And then the process is saying a couple of things that are intended to have experiences occur. So the first step is to say allness is and leave it as an open-ended statement that you allow the all or God or, or whatever you call that to answer the, to respond to allness is what? Well, what is allness? What is God? What is the all? And one of the things that came through was the all is omnipresent. Okay, if it's omnipresent, then I, I'm one with that. And I, I began to have experience of omnipresence of allness. And then the next step in the process is higher consciousness is, and leaving that open-ended, higher consciousness begins to speak to you in that meditation process. It's a way of allowing spirit to flow in. And spirit always wants to come into your life. I mean, your higher self always wants to participate in your life or in your world, but most of us don't know how to get in contact with that. Most of us don't know how to access that but if you begin to open to it and access to it i mean your higher self is just right there and and wanting a relationship and has wanted that relationship for lifetimes you know waiting for you just to say to pay attention you know to turn your attention to that uh and then the last piece of it is to say to yourself i am an eternal being and to just take a second and allow that to happen, one with the all, one with my higher consciousness. And then the last piece of it is just to sit back a little bit and say to yourself, elevate, illuminate consciousness, elevate, illuminate higher consciousness, and say that to yourself a couple of times. And 
you just get into this beautiful state of what I would call pure awareness of, of um, being aware of the all, being aware of your contact with your soul and your own eternal beingness. So that's the process. It's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. And after doing it for a while, people have said that their, their mind just sort of settles down, quietens down, gets out of the way and just allows that higher consciousness or that pure awareness experience to happen. Beautiful, beautiful. And <laughs> when, when, when you went through like this transition from what happened, because yes. like I, I've witnessed that in when I was actually uh, working for a company, I witnessed bullying. And I know from talking to a lot of people in Poland, just the management and everything, it, it's going on wholesale. So yes. for the person that's actually in that place, what's the best way that they can actually try to, I, like, I, I admire you for whistleblowing. I think you're dead right. And I think we need more, more of that going on, you know, instead yeah. of it being shunned. Cause I even, I don't even like the name whistleblower. Cause it's kind of like, I know, I know it's, it's really, a, a, a I, I call it a truth teller because basically yes, there you go. You're, you're telling the truth. And, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, the, the, you were a scapegoat for something, you know, they, they, they had to kind of pull, pull you out of the equation as well as the, the abuser. But for those that are actually dealing with somebody and through your process, what how would you kind of advise them what's the best way to mentally themselves to deal over? with it? Uh, yeah, I understand. Um, well, I think first and foremost, you have to work on yourself. I mean, it's the only thing that you have control over is yourself and your reaction to things and to, to learn some meditation practices that can help to anchor you into a peaceful state of mind, no matter what might be going on around you. Now, of course, that's hard to do because life is compelling and difficult situations are especially compelling. I and mean, it gets right into your reptilian brain. But if you can develop a practice, which includes something like what I mentioned in the beginning of the end of the day, which is a good way to start the day, it's a good way to start your night to do a sit down meditation for, you know, even just a few minutes, but if you can do it for five or 10 minutes, beautiful. And then couple that with and learn some mindfulness techniques or mindfulness phrases that you can repeat to yourself throughout the day. So I really like, for example, peace be still, because you can use that in almost any situation. You don't have to vocalize it, but it is a way of being in a stressful situation, taking a moment, saying that to yourself, and you can settle down into your natural state of, uh, of peacefulness. Or if you're having difficulty with other people in relationships, for example, you can say to your, you can, you can um, use a mindfulness technique that I call sacred seeing, where you shift your awareness and you begin looking at the situation that you're confronted with from a, from a higher perspective. And as a result of, you can squint your eyes and, and you can drop into that place. Again, I keep talking about that place, but it is kind of a place or a sense or a feeling or a, 
a state of awareness, you can drop into that place and then you can look out at the world from here out as opposed to from outside in, responding to all that craziness that's going on. And so saying to yourself, I use my sacred seeing uh, in this moment is a way to see what's going on from a different perspective. And sometimes you have to get out of a situation. I mean, there's sometimes situations where you go, you know, this is just not working. I, I had to get out of the situation I was in. It was way too toxic. So you have to make that decision. But if you decide, you know, that's where you're going to stay, then some mindfulness practices that you can call on and that become a foundation for your ability to deal with the world becomes tools that you can use to deal with life. And that's kind of what I see myself as, in a way, as a tool maker of developing mindfulness techniques, developing meditation techniques, developing other kinds of practices that people can use for themselves to deal with uh, life and its uh, ups and downs. Yeah, and I think, I suppose, with the mindfulness as well, because where you stop the men mental clutter, like what I just it, it, simple things as washing the hands or brushing the teeth or something like that, that you're totally present, that you're not yes. looking at your phone and just thinking, oh, what will I do next? And I find the more mindful I am, the more present I am, time slows yes. down and I get so much more done. Right. And just like yeah. I, 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 you know, I even like in the morning, my kind of ritual is I don't just jump out of bed. I never set an alarm. I just get up naturally. And I'm yes. always just lying there going, how would I like my day to be? And I just... Right. You know, and I like I got over the case of beating myself up by not achieving what I've done, because we tend to most people tend to do that as well. And it's like, who are you hurting? You're just hurting yourself. And then you become, you know, not as productive after that as well. Whereas if you just kind of it is what it is, you know, if I don't get as many podcasts done as I hope to do or whatever it is I'm doing, you know, whether right. it's you writing and just, you know, kind of accepting it as it is. Yeah. I find that that kind of brings you into a better sense as well. Now. Do you do you do a, a, like a breathing exercise? Take a moment and, and just breathe and, and and sort of settle into that place. I I tend um, to because I I've done even like say breath working courses and I've done loads of different right. facilities, but I don't go into heavy breath. But I'm just I'm present and I'm conscious right. of my breath and yeah 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 yeah. And it's sort of it's a shift. Yeah. It's a shift in kind of focus, a shift in mental focus to to go within and stay within and be in that present moment and let it be what it is and let it unfold the way it's going to unfold and trust that it's all going to be OK. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And did, did you do kind of like through your meditation practice, did you start off or did you do guided meditation at any stage? I, I really didn't do guided meditations in the way that, that I know you're speaking of as, as much as starting with the meditation practice for all those years that I did at the Yoga Institute. And, and it was, you know, just to sit down, watch your breath, observe your thoughts, invite them to come and go and just be. But I've never really done uh, guided meditation practices per se. More, more, it's been more the sit down um, and um, you know settle into a state of awareness and um, um, mindfulness uh, kind of practice.
Okay. And with the breath work then, did you do much of that? Did you go into, you know, kind of heavy breath work sessions? Not really. I mean, I've done work, you know, workshops and so forth with that, where that was part of it, but it wasn't something that I dove deeply into as a, as a, a, a way to develop my, you know, spiritual awareness and so forth. You know, this, this experience that I mentioned of kind of breaking into contact with higher self, that was really the biggest aha, you know, that I had the biggest opening experience that I had that, uh, where I began to have a fairly consistent sense of illumination. And like you said, the world, things slow down and, and they brighten up. And, it, you know, I feel like I'm lit up from the inside. And I think that's what any spiritual practice should lead you to ultimately. It might take a while because you have to kind of work through it sometimes. And which is one of the reasons why I developed this higher consciousness meditation process was to give people a sense of that early on in their meditation practice, as opposed to only having an experience of that after years and years and years of, of wrestling with their, you know, with their mind and, and with their, uh, the, the mind's tendency to kind of run away with you, you know, down, down a dark path. These days, when those, when thoughts come that kind of interrupt that nice peaceful state i just say oh poo <laughs> and then and then i say to myself peace be still get get myself back to you know that place but you know i've i've learned not to to give it too much credence and the less credence i give it the less credence it wants cuz otherwise the mind just wants to come in and dominate it, it just wants to come in and be in control and you, you never you never know where that you know, can lead you in, in, into, into places you, you'd rather really not go, but instead you'd rather stay in a place of peacefulness and calm. Absolutely. And I think once you become aware of your, once you go into a different thought mode and you know that you can't have two different thoughts at the same time, you can't be in the negative and think of the positive. And as soon as you know it, you can switch it back eventually you don't go there the more that you get control right. it's like you're driving the bus before you were the conductor just sitting there and watch them always going on and then you realize hey i'm controlling this and you just get up to the driver's seat and then you just you don't let it happen i mean i know lots of people they you know they can't sleep they're constantly thinking stuff at night i sleep amazing i just don't let that happen you know i'm in yeah. control of it yeah yeah well it, it we're all so conditioned you know, to be these, these human bodies, these human selves, and we're so motivated by our reptilian brains, you have to somehow discover what you and I are talking about with some practice that gets you an alternative way of dealing with the world and an alternative way of coping um, and thriving and growing and, and evolving uh, instead of um, kind of staying stuck in that you know, that, that humanness that we all have, that we're all conditioned, that we're all kind of, oh, what's the word I want? Hypnotized, if you will, by the world and all of the, uh, the craziness that goes on outside. Excellent. And like, I, like it's just been thoughts that I've had recently. It's like that when I see someone fishing, you know, loads of people look at it and think, 
you know, they don't get it. But I feel that's a form of meditation. I think even in golf as well, because sometimes you're on your own, you're heading over, especially me, I'd be heading over the opposite direction. And that was, you know, and like I see that you do the poetry and I just like because when you're doing the poetry, you're in a different kind of creative mind, but you're like you're in a positive state. So I say poetry is kind of another form of, you know, mindfulness, let's say meditation. It definitely is. In fact, you know, in a way you could you could almost see everything as as a meditation. Um, Once you begin to have that experience, then er everything is sacred, really. And everything is a is unfolding, you know, as the universe has its tendency to do. These days, as I watch everything, especially that's going on here in the states, I I just see my role as a as an interested observer, as a as a as a as a watcher and one who kind of brings a certain amount of healing. To what's going on my little drop you know into the pond of uh, collective consciousness and 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 um, by staying within i feel like i can have as much impact on the world as anything else i could be doing yeah no i totally agree because recently i was talking to somebody and it was kind of mentioning that the evilness that's there and 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 the person just kind of said i accept everything as it is there's you know there's like black and white you know evil uh, and and just not to be thinking of that because unfortunately a lot of people especially over the last few years that's all they're thinking they're seeing all the corruption no accountability but if you kind of look deep within yourself you can make more of a change by one being true and honest and open because you will, you know, that has that ripple effect. You mightn't think it, but the amount of people that you connect because people are attracted. I find that, you know, it's not the evil ones come near you. It's, it's the more, let's call them white workers or whatever, you know, mm, yes. honest, open, decent people that right. come into your life. Yeah. Well, and I think that's true, especially because the, the, more you do work on yourself, the more you meditate, the more calm you become, the higher your vibration, and the more likely, the more likely you are to attract higher vibrational people and circumstances and life in general. Uh, you know, like attracts like. I mean, that's the the law of vibration or the law of of um, attraction. Um, so in a way, we all create our own reality by virtue of the vibration that we give off. And if we're giving off a peaceful vibration and a, and a loving vibration, we're more likely to get love and peace into our lives, just what you were saying. Um, that which you put out comes back to you. Um, and, and that's one of the values of doing this kind of work is that you can dramatically improve the quality of your life by virtue of what you attract to yourself based on the vibration that you're giving off. Yeah, and plus you don't allow, whether you call them people of a higher authority, which they don't really have them, you know, where people are perceived that, but you don't fare that either. You don't, you don't, you kind of live in within yourself. You become bulletproof as such. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you are, you then become the master of your own fate, the captain, you know, of your soul uh, by virtue, I think of doing that. 
but we're we're so we're so attracted by everything everything that's going on out there that sometimes it's really hard to just go within and stay within and trust that because it is very trustworthy and again it's the only thing that you know really and it's the only thing that you have control over really which can again dramatically improve the quality of your life living from the inside out from instead of from the outside in so just finally you might because i know you've the five books you might tell people what the five of them are i know they're concerning the kind of meditation everything but you might just let people know so that's you know sure so the first book which is by the way if you go to my website it's free is called the amazing benefits of meditation and it goes into a lot of the research and then why meditation works the way it does the second book is the meditation book by Blair Abbey, and it's on sit-down meditation, but it also goes into a number of other topic areas related to meditation and, and, and living a meditative life. Uh, the third book is on mindfulness. It's called the Mindfulness Book, and what it has is a number of mindfulness exercises that you can use in different situations as you encounter life, as you encounter you know, various things uh, in life and, and problems and issues and so forth. The, uh, the, the fourth one is my uh, poetry book. And it's, it's really just, it, it, it's sort of a knockoff on Rumi, if you will. It, 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 um, it was my way of putting my experiences into poetry rather than words, which is an interesting language. And as you said, it has a meditative quality to it. And then the last book is called the my, the, um, um, I have it right here, the manifestation book, and it's uh, on the subject of how to have things, what you want it in your life. This whole idea of the law of attraction, and um, there's a process there that I use uh, called the best possible outcomes process as a way of influencing what's, what, you know, what happens in your world, good parking place, or a good outcome for, I'm about to have a hip operation. I've been doing my best possible outcomes process now because <laughs> I, I want a good outcome for my hip operation. Uh, and then the fifth, the sixth book, which is coming out first of next year is the um, book on health and wellness. Excellent. Oh, brilliant. So yeah, I'll make sure I put the links for the books on the thing, but you might let people know how can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. So the, the books are available at Amazon. Uh, so you, you can get either e-copies or, or paperback copies. My, my website is High C Meditation. That's H-I capital C meditation.com. Uh, and there you can get a free copy of the first book. And you can also get a, a meditation bracelet, which is a, a, a giveaway to people. Um, in celebration of the launch of a new newsletter uh, and website that I've put together. Um, so they can get in touch with me that way, um, uh, get a copy of the book, uh, get a nice meditation bracelet. And there's, a, there's chat, sample chapters, there's descriptions of the book, there, there are videos. And then they also can go to YouTube, uh, Blair AB Higher Consciousness channel, and I've got lots of YouTube videos there as well. And I'm growing that whole library uh, as a way of communicating what I do. 
Okay, excellent. I'll make sure I put uh, all the links both on the audio and the video. Blair, thank you very much. Totally enjoyed our conversation. Indeed. Thank you. Blessings. So that's all for the Meditation Podcast. You can find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. As mentioned, we're on BitChute and YouTube. You'll find the links in the podcast description. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating. Really helps. Until next week, take care.